today is the first Sunday in the Lent period. And so I hope that, you know, today, these days, the, the message of the cross is not very popular, isn't it? <laughs> if we talk about the message of the cross, people are not uh, very interested. But if you talk about blessings, healing, miracles, then we are very interested. But <clears throat> at least, <laughs> at least during Lent, let us focus fully on the path that Lord Jesus took to the cross. In 365 days, hardly we look at the core of the gospel, many churches, they really saddens me. And even during this Lent period, some of us may still skip the message of the cross and still we talk about you know, loving others and like that, but there is no other things there is no, no other way to show the lo loving others except the cross of Christ. This is the culmination of all, lo all love, the cross of Christ, and the path the Lord Jesus took towards the cross is the ultimate showing of love, agape love. So if we don't study about the path the Lord Jesus took to the cross, we will not know <clears throat> what true love is. And we'll be just discussing about <clears throat> humanly love, horizontal love, never touch about the agape love of God. So today I want to share with you two disciples of Christ must walk this way as the title of the message. Two disciples of Christ must, must walk this way. <clears throat> so, Lord Jesus spoke like this, what a true disciples must walk. In Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, onwards, we may not be able to read all, but some we will read. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels up to here when we look at this lord jesus said whoever wants to be my disciple in other words you cannot be disciple of lord jesus without walking this path you cannot be disciple of lord jesus if you don't want to walk this path so you can we can still claim that we are disciples of the Lord, but we will be a false disciples of the Lord. Now, they, that is dangerous, right? We are f followers, but fake followers. Today, wh what we are grappling with, you know, uh, the world, the problem that the world is going through, fake news, right? 
there is no clarity which is true, which is false. We cannot know. And sometimes fake things, these guys themselves like the real thing. Fake news appears like real news, and then it gets confused. Even for Lord Jesus' disciples, what if we claim to be disciples of the Lord, but in reality we are not? That will be the tragedy, isn't it? There are three things which Lord Jesus mentioned here. This is, if we take up those words, it will be like, deny yourself, they must deny themselves. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up the cross daily and follow me. These three things is what I want us to look at it today. How far we can look at it, I don't know, because I'll tell you, frankly speaking, I look at all these schools, lessons, from school to college, there is no class that lasts only 30 minutes <laughs> or 25 minutes. They say this is based on, you know, how, how much learners can, students can learn, or something can be taught. So there is no, nothing like a class that is only 25 minutes or 30 minutes. But in the churches today, okay, what happens? If pastor is preaching more than 20 minutes, okay. If a pastor is preaching more than 25 minutes, okay. <laughs> we tend to have problem, right? We tend to have uh, like, oh, the sermon is too long. The sermon is taking so much time, okay. These kind of things we, we tend to have. So I was thinking, how can this, the message of the cross be delivered in 20 minutes? <laughs> how can the message of being two disciples is not for the newcomers. The becoming two disciples is for those who are in the Lord but need to know the clarity. Or who are looking for clarity how to become disciples of the Lord, right? So how can we deliver such message in 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? It will take at least 30, 40 minutes, maybe up to one hour. Even you go to school, all the classes are one hour. Okay? So I was reflecting on these things. What have we become? If a pastor delivers more than 25 minutes, 30 minutes, people say, sermon is too long. Are we enjoying the church by feasting in the word or simply by praising? The true praise can come only when we first feast in the word of God. Very, very important, right? So, keeping in this mind, we may take a little bit of time, but I hope that we'll do justice to his precious word, which we come to receive once in a week like that, right? Okay? So, why Lord Jesus spoke that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross daily, and follow me. Why did, why did he say like this? The reason is there were so many followers. This is Luke chapter 9. If we look at Luke chapter 9, beginning and chapter 8, he performed the miracles, right? So many people are following. But there are also people who have a distorted image of Lord Jesus. There are some people who say Lord Jesus, following Lord Jesus means what? He will take revenge on our enemy, the Roman colonizer. He will fulfill our 
physical needs, miracles, healings. No doubt, Lord Jesus is meeting all these things. But on top of that, they, he wants them to become true disciples, right? It's not just about meeting those physical needs. No, no, no. Here, the, the Israelites, their understanding of Messiah was, Messiah comes, we will be on top. Everyone will be down. He will take revenge on our enemies. They have the political ambitions. They have the, more than the spiritual aspect, they look at only the physical things. So, they ate food, their stomach, he performed miracle of feeding 5,000. They were very happy. So, because of that, Lord Jesus, now finally, after feeding them, after healing them, he has to teach them the truth, right? He has to teach, he has to teach them the truth. He said, whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves. First thing is, disciples of Lord Jesus must deny themselves. Ah, this is different. We want blessings. Why he's teaching us denying? Okay. We want him to give us all the blessings. Why he's teaching us to deny ourselves? So these people who had the wrong view about Lord Jesus, who had 5,000, 4,000 following, suddenly when he started teaching like this, everyone deserted. Everyone started to leave. And as you know very well, by the time he was arrested, even the 12 were not with him. By the time he reached the, uh, the Golgotha, Calvary, the place where he was crucified, there was none, except for John. And John would not identify himself. No one identified themselves that they are the followers and the core disciple of Lord Jesus. Why? That is their misunderstanding of the cross. So he said, anyone who doesn't deny themselves cannot be my disciples. Because he started predicting, talking about his death after, after blessing them, after performing miracles, doing all these things, he started predicting about his death. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 9, verse 21, he said, Strictly he warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He must be killed on the third day and raised to life. After he started saying like this, they, they started wondering, what is this suffering that he's talking about? We want all the blessings, the miracles, walking on the water, <laughs> all these things, they like it, but the suffering part, the path of the cross, is something that they couldn't understand. In fact, in Matthew chapter uh, 16, verse 22, 21, we read just the same thing we read. 22, verse 22, Peter took aside and began to rebuke him, ne never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Peter was like, okay, Lord, you are a, such a good rabbi. You should be with us forever. This suffering should never happen. Never, 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 Lord. This shall never happen to you. What did Lord Jesus say? Jesus said, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. 
what? <laughs> Calling someone Satan, they will be so in, feeling so insulted, right? If I, if in my sermon or like that, during Bible study, <laughs> someone speak to me like this and I call them Satan. No, Lord Jesus is not speaking about Peter as Satan. The idea of not wanting to go to the cross, the idea of not, not wanting to go the path of suffering, he said that is satanic, demonic thinking. So, in other words, if a believer's life, as we follow Christ, there will be the path of suffering. The path of denial, suffering, the path of the cross. Some people say, Pastor, no, Jesus suffered everything, why should I suffer? And there is not, no suffering. But that is a gross misunderstanding of the, the message of the cross. Fo following Christ involves taking up the cross, denying ourselves. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind, the concerns of God. The mind, you, have, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but hu merely human concerns. What? He said, you do not have the concern of God. You just have the concern of man. That's why you are not able to understand. So a person who is not regenerated by the Holy Spirit can never understand the message of the cross. A person who is not generated, regenerated by the Holy Spirit will not be able to understand. He will only want easy one, easy, easy life. He will only want the rosy ones. He will only want the blessings, wealth, prosperity. But he cannot understand. But you know, we know very well, the message of the cross is our, our healings as well as the power to overcome sufferings and afflictions. So, today, many of us have this wrong viewpoint that if I believe in Lord Jesus, everything will be so smooth, there is no suffering, there is no, no nothing to lose, everything to gain. True, everything to gain, eternal life is everything to gain. But there is also self-denial. Then Lord Jesus spoke, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Okay, in Matthew, Luke, Mark, it's all repeated, the same thing. So what must we deny? What is self-denial? There is a dictionary of Bible themes. It, it gave different definition like this. The willingness to deny oneself possessions or status in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. See? There is something, willingness to deny oneself possession or status, willingness to surrender possessions and status in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. So this, this practice is well commended and illustrated best by the life of Lord Jesus himself. So what is the idea of denying? Why should I deny myself first? Because if deny, the word deny comes in the day of atonement. If you read Leviticus, on the day of atonement, atonement is paying for the sins of the people. The day the Holy Spirit come together and they atone for their sins, they will have uh, sacrifices. Okay? 
On that day, the denier, the world deny, deny king. Why should they deny themselves? The reason they have to deny is that they are sinful, they are corrupted, they are fallen. Therefore, they must deny and then bring sacrifice in favor of them. So what they do will be represented by the lamb. The lamb is sacrifice, especially a scapegoat. So then the lamb is taking the sins away in their favor. So deny, why should we deny as followers of Jesus? This is that my own righteousness is not enough. I need the lamb, Christ, the lamb of God, Christ. He will be my sacrifice. I am nothing. I, I am lost. I can do nothing. I have no righteousness on my own. I'm sinful. My thinkings are wrong. So the innate nature, inborn qualities of us is corrupted. So I'm lost. I can do nothing. I deserve nothing. There is no good things in me. If a person doesn't realize this, he can never walk the path of the cross. The path of the cross starts with realizing this and starting from zero. The, what I can bring, my life is not acceptable, so I'm bringing the lamb. That is Old Testament atonement idea. Leviticus chapter 16 is where we see verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, the tent, the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourself and present a food offering to the Lord. Those who deny, those who do not deny themselves on that day must be cut off from their people. Those who do not deny themselves will be cut off. In Old Testament, it is very clear. They will just simply, those who don't deny themselves, they will be cut off. But today, if we do like that in the church, people will say, what kind of church is this, right? But that is something we need to understand. If I do not deny myself, in other words, I'm not disciple of Lord Jesus. That is the idea. They will cut, cut them off practically on, in Old Testament. Those who do not deny themselves on that day must be cut off from their people. Why this is necessary? Because I don't have life. So I am going to get life to the sacrifice that is made. If I sacrifice, my sacrifice is not acceptable. So I must deny that. I must receive Christ. Whose sacrifice is acceptable? To God. This is very, very important and profound. In other words, there is no life without Christ's sacrifice on the cross. There is no salvation. Apostle Paul was someone who, who studied Judaism who was expert in the law, who studied everything under Gamaliel, very respected, uh, you know, scholar, Jewish scholar. But then, Apostle Paul, after understanding what is to, it is to deny whatever good things he had done, he confessed like this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage 
that I may gain Christ. He said, whatever good things he had done, all the laws, all the good things he had accumulated, he considered them rubbish, garbage. What? He was such a Pharisee. He will be fasting twice a week. We fasted only during Lent and all, right? <laughs> and, but then I have seen so many Christians, they will be fasting during Lent, and they will not, never fast during other time. Or they will even go and drink and do all sort of nonsense, <laughs> unbiblical practices. But during Lent, they will abstain, they will fast. But that is not the way. Believer's life itself is a life that is lived. Not only during Lent, but every time. But Lent is a time of reflection. Lent is a time to focus more on the path to the cross. So for Apostle Paul, he said, whatever I have done, I consider them garbage. Even though he was the one who sincerely prayed three times a day, every day, he would never miss fasting twice a week. By all those, he said, I consider them garbage. Those cannot save me. Christ, I'm so happy. I, all those things, I consider them rubbish and garbage now that I have come to know Christ. Christ is the way. So, he had denied all his qualifications, all his upbringing, all everything, nothing. All his religious practices, he denied it all. He considered them rubbish. He denied everything. That means he is now zero. <laughs> From zero, he is starting. And that is the right understanding of the gospel. Some of us, we have, you know, we come with, hey, I should, I, I have done something. I have sacrificed something. My family have done. My father was a pastor. My family was evangelist, a missionary. We may come with this kind of mindset, but those are totally wrong. Firstly, we deny ourselves that there is not good, no good things in us. We deny ourselves. Secondly, we deny, we die or deny unhealthy desire of flesh and things. Unhealthy desire of flesh and things. This is very important. How do we deny ourselves? Firstly, we start from zero in our faith life. We deny all the things we have done. Nothing stands a chance to be justified before God. Secondly, we deny unhealthy desire of flesh and things. You may be wondering, what is this undesirable, the un unhealthy desire of flesh and things? I'll come to the to that very quickly. <clears throat> Church father, Clement of Alexandria. So don't think that this father is a Catholic uh, church father, okay? This is before the church. This is a time when there were five bishops. Bishop of Rome, Bishop of Constantinople, Antioch, Jerusalem, and Alexand Alexandria. They are all equal. After some time, the bishop of Pope elevate himself Bishop of Rome elevated himself as Pope. But those days we have respected church, church fathers, not the father that we know now. They are truly considered in the history as church father. Clement of Alexandria say like this, 
dying to ourselves means being content with the necessities of life. When we want more than these necessities, it is easy to sin. He says it's not sin immediately, but easy to sin. He's trying to say dying to serve ourselves means being content with the necessities of life. If we have what is necessary right now, we say we are content. But what pierces our mind into sadness and grief? Greed, isn't it? We want to have more and more, not being content with what we have. This is supplemented by Apostle Paul when he says, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 8, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Apostle Paul said that, right? He said, if we have food and clothing, we are not naked, okay, we are living a normal life, we don't need to be greedy. That is, you deny yourself not to be greedy, not to run after, that doesn't mean that we are not working. Apostle Paul is someone who developed a theology of work. Those who doesn't work should not even eat. This is the one, um, the statement by Apostle Paul. But he said, even if I work so hard, if I get little, I'll be satisfied with this. Contentment in whatever circumstances and situations. No, word, no wonder in Philippians, when writing a letter to the Philippians, Apostle Paul said like this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. A very famous passage comes out here, right? Many people, I can do all things to him who gives me strength is something sometimes misinterpreted, actually. What is I can do all things to Christ in the context here also is that even though I don't have anything, I'm still, I can do everything. It doesn't stop me from living a life, a joyful life in Christ. That is the original context, but today, many people use this in their status in uh, social media like Facebook, Instagram, and all. It's nice, but I wonder if how many of us really understand and use it in the context. It's like, oh, whether I'm in need, I have learned. Another translation says, whether in need or in plenty, I have learned the secret of being content in whatever circumstances and situations. Where does he get this? For us, we are saying we are worshiping God, but if the way we worship is like mammon. Okay, why? Why I say that? Because when things are going right, when we have things in plenty, we are praising God. But as soon as things are gone, we start questioning God. <laughs> if God is there or not. And that is, what is the difference between this religion and other religions? The religion that Apostle Paul and all espoused and taught, it will be totally different from what we understand, if it is like that. Apostle Paul and all, they say, oh, if I have plenty, praise the Lord. If I'm in need, praise the Lord. But for us, in plenty, praise the Lord. In want, I don't know. <laughs> we cannot say, right? No, that's why this life is very important to understand. I will be content with whatever I have. 
Because Apostle Paul is the one who told Galatians believers also, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. These are the, the desire of the flesh, isn't it? To want to have more clothes, to want to have, you know, having a desire to have more things are all basically desire of the flesh. It's not desire of the spirit, isn't it? But those who belong to Christ, they have crucified those flesh with its passion and desires. Then how can they continue to indulge in it and be greedy in it? They will work hard, but they will be satisfied with whatever they get. If you are not able, so not only what we get, even some people look at the mirror and they feel upset. They don't look like others. Oh, they, don't, they are not satisfied with their look itself. I often feel that that is actually falling into the trap of Satan. We are all unique and we will be satisfied. Maybe we know that there are people who are better than us, right? Maybe there are people who look better than us, who are richer, but we are satisfied with what we, are, what we have. Having more things doesn't mean more satisfaction. Not at all. I often gave example of Adolf Markle. In 2008, during the recession, Adolf Markle is a German billionaire. He's so rich. His estimate worth was over 10 billion. During recession, his wealth was coming down to around 6 billion. He's still a rich guy, right? From around 10 to 12, it came down to 4, 5, 6 billion. But the next day, he was found in the railway track. He jumped to the running train and then he died. So they couldn't understand what is the problem. And the only reason they gave is perhaps his wealth was coming down from over 10 billion to 6 billion. If we are given 6 billion, we'll be very happy, right? <laughs> but man, you are wrong. If you have 6 billion, you also want to make it to 12 billion. If you have 12 billion, you want to have 24 billion. There is no you know, limit to this greed. Those who understand God's word only will understand these things. So I was reflecting on that. At that time, I was reading that news. I was very sad. It is true. So denying ourselves is that we have crucified flesh with its passion and desire. So if we have not crucified flesh with its passion and desires, let us learn more. No, let us not be satisfied with our spiritual growth and discipleship. We need to learn more and more. The third point is denying ourselves is about thinking about the interests of others. This, is, this theme is laced throughout the Bible. Thinking about others and for the kingdom of God. Because believers are not living for themselves anymore, I no longer live, but Christ still lives in me. But even when we say like this, if I still pursue my own interests, I deceive myself that I am a follower of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. 
whereas I no longer live, Christ lives in me, but I continue to live the way I want, that's being not honest. And God will be looking at us and say, what is this guy saying? To everyone, he's looking very religious and very nice. I no longer live, Christ lives in me, but he doesn't live the way of Christ. The way of Christ is always about others and about the kingdom. He's always concerned about the kingdom. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, Apostle Paul tells us, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In another translation, he says, Have this mind, of this mind which was in Christ Jesus. What is the mind of Christ? He was a very nature God. He did not consider equality himself equal with God. He took up the nature of servant. He became nothing. He denied himself. He was a prince. He was a king in heaven. He enjoyed all the pleasures, all the everything, praise and honor and glory. But he came as a servant, not just a normal human being also, but a servant born in a manger, very lowly society, lowly family. He became nothing, but he obeyed to the point of death even death on the cross. And then after that, God exalted him to the highest place. It was, why did he do that? Because he loved us so much. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Because he loved us, his life was denying himself. He denied heaven for you and for me. He could be in heaven enjoying all the pleasures, but he denied he set aside and he came for you and me. Believers, all believers also, we are supposed to live for others. So if I'm a believer only for myself, never sacrifice anything for others, never think about the interests of others, I'm not really the believer, so I'm cheating myself and other people. Apostle Paul was someone who spoke so much in New Testament, right? He wrote so many letters. So we come across a romance also, he said, even about eating. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother, causes your brother to stumble. If your brother is to stumble, do not even eat meat. So when I was in, uh, when I came to, when I went to Delhi, I stopped eating, uh, you know, other meats other than chicken and fish. <laughs> because it can really offend others, right? For the sake of all my brothers. So that they may come to know. They may come to know the truth. Because they think Christian means you eat all kinds of things. So no, I can deny all these things. If it, if it causes to stumble, I can sacrifice these things. If it takes just to eat veg, that also we should be able to do. <laughs> One day we are having a Christmas feast. And then some people, some people from the Northeast we have this fish, which is very smelly, right? 
but this is a delicacy. <laughs> we make chutney like this, and then it's very nice. But so many people may not like. So what did I tell uh, our notice brothers and sisters? Please sacrifice this on Christmas, okay? <laughs> For them, that is like, and many people, they want pork on Christmas. <laughs> so please sacrifice this. That is the delicacy for the people. But for the sake of our brothers and sisters, sacrifice. Apostle Paul spoke like that. Why? This is about others. It's about saving others. It's always. So check yourself. You are living for yourself, your own interests, or you have sacrificed for others. Have you done some sacrifice for others? So denying, self-denial has two forms, right? One is our personal thing that we deny for our sake, our commitment to God. Second thing is we do for the sake of our brothers, for others, to save others. Apostle Paul, he said, we who are strong, verse Romans 15, ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, see it? We have to bear with the strong ones to bear with the failing of the weak. Each one of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Example, the best example always falls to Christ because he really lived till his last breath for others. Why he died on the cross? Was it for him? No, it was for others. In other words, if we die for others, others may live. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That is John 12, 24. It is true. Therefore, Apostle Paul went to the point... 1 Corinthians 8, 12, 13. Therefore, if I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. Then he went like that. He must be enjoying. He is a Jew, a meat eater. But then if it causes someone to stumble, say, I will deny myself. It's not for himself. It's for others. So in, in, New Test in Old Testament as well as New Testament, we find many women and men of God who will, example of self-denial. Daniel met great man of God. He was not a preacher. He was office worker. Yes, you know, right? He is a working professional. Daniel, according to Daniel chapter 1 verse 6, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself that way. It's not that the Jews don't drink wine, okay, you must understand that, but there was something to defile himself, so he denied it. What about Moses? Moses, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, he says, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses was the one who could enjoy all the pleasures of Egypt as the prince, but he denied all those. It is self-denial. 
He could just go, go on enjoying and say, I am a Jew also, and then still continuing to enjoy. I am a disciple of Christ, I'm a child of Christ, but continue to go and party, all these kind of people, right? I'm a child of God, and you continue to go party, go be clubbing, int you introduce yourself, my church is this, come on Christmas. Okay. I have seen so many people like that. These are false followers of Christ, I'm telling you. A true disciple will never do that. A true disciple will say, sacrifice, denied. He refused to be, he chose to be mistreated. By doing so, by leaving the palace of Egypt, he is now being mistreated by people. He is no longer respected as a prince anymore. Just like everybody else, like uh, any other slave of Egyptians. But he chose that. Even there was Ruth. Ruth, she chose to suffer with her mother-in-law. If in fact, in Ruth chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Boaz replied, I have been told all about you, all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you have left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with people you do not know before. She left all her mother, father, her homeland, everything, just to follow and comfort Naomi. By faith, she became a follower of Jehovah God. In other words, follower of Christ in the Old Testament. Why? She could leave everything. She lived by faith and for others. Even Esther also, you know the story very well. She told, if I die, let me die. I will deny my queenship. Okay, she was a queen, right? Queen Esther. See? Even though my position is secured as a queen, very comfortable, but for the sake of my people, for the salvation of my people, I'll go, I'll meet the king. If I die, if I perish, I perish. Okay, this is her word, Esther 4, 16. So, let's summarize. Of course, self-denial will be, part of it will be fasting, part of it will be praying, abstention from eating this and that, not eating this and that, all good, very good. But if we don't live for others, that's being just, being selfish, stopping, coming into one step only, right? The first step is self, second step is always for others. If you're fasting, it should benefit others. If you're doing something, it should benefit others. If you're doing something, it's always to benefit for others. It should not rather disturb others, right? We should not be show off that I'm fasting today and then, you know, you, we need to treat you like a special person. No, that will be misunderstanding. Christ, he emptied himself. Before he started the public ministry, he went to desert. He fasted for 40 days. Now what he does? He came out and does everything for others. Self first, self Discipline and everything, denial first, and now denying more for the sake of others. But if you continue to stay in desert, what will be the use? Isn't it? Christ, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he never comes to the city and he, stand, he stood there till his last breath. That will be not useful, isn't it? But he came out and started teaching. 
That is exactly why you are training yourself, why you are disciplining yourself. We do so so that we can be a blessing to others. But if your uh, disciplining doesn't benefit others, that's useless, basically. That's why denying is not completed. Because there is reward for those who deny, those who leave everything. There is a reward. People may not understand. Only people can ever understand that. Matthew 19.29, And everyone who has left house or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and inherit eternal life. Amen. Yes, this is the way you inherit eternal life. This may sound to you, for some of you, this may sound not ringing to your ear. But this is the reality for so many people. There are times when they have to choose. Christ, the kingdom of God, or just not, live, not being able to live everything. For so many people, this is a reality. He said, they must, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. They, he will give them life. They must take up the cross. Take up the cross and denying self is actually something parallel. Many scholars believe it is to be something parallel. It goes together. You cannot separate. Denying self is like taking up the cross. This is something together. How? How many times they have to take up the cross? Daily. Okay. Daily means daily, right? That means denying ourselves is not just for length period and you, you don't carry the cross anymore after the length period. No, no, no. It is daily. Till you we reach heaven. Daily. Now you must understand, Lord Jesus is speaking to the first century audience, not to us. First century audience, taking up the cross means it always leads to death. If you take up the cross, those who carry the cross are the people who are condemned for the sake of their sins. Okay? If you take up the cross, you cannot say that you'll walk only two steps and you'll be okay. No, no, no. Roman soldiers will come and force you to take. They will crucify you. But for us, we take it up for our own so to say that I will be a follower of Lord Jesus Christ and I will never carry the, I don't want to carry the cross is being not being honest and becoming false disciple. Romans, Roman people, the Romans, they will let them carry, they hang them, the cross on the body before they are hanged on the cross. That is very torturous. Shame. It brings shame. The person they crucified, what is the main idea? The main idea is not killing, okay? Killing is understood. Why they let them carry the cross? It is to torture them and to shame them in front of the whole people that this person has done like this. So now Lord Jesus says, for my sake you carry that cross. Okay. Oh, that is very challenging, right? So when Apostle Paul, he was preaching in Ephesus and he was trying to come back to Jerusalem, they thought Apostle Paul would be crucified or killed. So they persuaded Paul, please, please stay. Don't go there. You are preaching so wonderful. 
But Jerusalem was the political, cap uh, religious capital. You have to go and preach in Jerusalem finally. They know that to reach the whole world, it needs Jerusalem and Rome. Okay? Paul had to come back. Then since they are persuading him, Paul said like this, Acts chapter 21, verse 13. Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Is it? My faith, you don't understand. I can go and die. How about you and me? How are we following? We are following Christ hesitantly. A small problem. We, are, we want to, you know, we don't want to associate ourselves. Or can we also say like Paul, yes, I'm following sincerely. I'm ready to die. Not only bound, capture and bound, put in jail. I'm ready to die. How can you defeat this kind of person? Nothing can defeat this kind of person. He said, deny themselves, take up the cross daily and follow me. He said, why they have to follow this? Why they must take up the cross daily? That is the only way to live. So that path is something that we need to follow. Because what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forsake or lose or forfeit their very soul, their very self. What, is it, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their very soul, their very self? Apostle Paul said. So therefore, even if you have to take up, even if there is, take it up, you will have life. Because if you don't take up, you will only lose. So he said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. When he comes back, we have not seen the Shekinah glory of God, but he will come back with the glory. We can, I cannot explain to you in words how much glorious it will be. He will come back and say, whoever is ashamed of me to live this kind of life, a life that is denied, a life that lives for others. See, I will also be ashamed of that person. What is ashamed? Ashamed is to identify that person with another person. If you're ashamed of Christ, you are, you are ashamed. So people who, people who say, I believe in Christ, I love God, but if they don't want to come for water baptism, <laughs> if they don't devote their lives to that point, I always say they are ashamed. And if they don't want to go to church, that, oh, this church, only lowly people are coming or like that, it means they are ashamed. Or they never want to say that they are Christians in public. They are ashamed of the cross of Christ. So he said, when he comes in his Father's glory. You, we say we are two disciples of Lord Jesus, but when he comes in his Father's glory, in his glory, in the glory of the Father, in his glory and in the glory of the Father, and with the holy angels, we will have not nowhere to hide and will be condemned. Have you left? Have, what have you sacrificed? What have you denied for the kingdom of God? That will matter at the end of the day. So, yes, if we have left everything, if uh, Peter asks, Lord, we have left everything, what will be there for us? Yes. Those who have left their brother, sister, household, everything, 
they will receive a hundred times and they will receive eternal life. This is the path that true disciple must walk. Every true disciples of Christ must walk this, denying, they must deny themselves, they must take up the cross, and they must follow him. So in fact, every word, all these three words are something that can be learned, hours and hours actually. It's also so profound. So if Christ is following the path of the cross and he's asking us to go that path, we don't want to follow, it means we are not the true disciples of the Lord. We must also follow, then only. So theoretically, you know it, you know, we know it. But practically, are we working? Have I denied? Have I sacrificed? Have I lived for others? Or I'm, I'm interested only in myself. Have I sacrificed? Have I denied for the salvation, for the saving of others? If I do, then don't be sad. If you are doing for the sake of Christ, you left your homes, you left so many things, your flesh desires, you sacrifice, you crucified. There is joy coming. When the Lord, the Lord comes in his Father's glory and with the angels, you will say, ah, it was worth. I will suffer, but it was all worth. It's all coming now. I hope that all of us can be the ones who receive and who walk this path as a true follower of Christ. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> Almighty gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and honor to you, Lord, for this word. Lord, you have said what the two disciples, what path they must walk. Today we have learned how they must, we must deny ourselves and we must take up the cross daily and follow you. Help us that, Lord, we can be the ones who truly deny ourselves because there is no good things in us. We need Christ into our lives so that we may have life. May we all become true disciples of Lord Jesus. We thank you for everything. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.